0: Hi, I'm Peter Rao. And I'm Mike Duran. Welcome back to Counterbalance.
1: Peter, today we have my good friend and co host of the Israel Update podcast, Gadi Taum, from, from, from Israel. This is like, I feel like this is a Ghostbusters thing. I have two podcasts, you know, and uh, we're crossing the streams today.
0: Which one of us is the mistress and which one is the wife?
1: Uh, you know, it depends on the day.
2: <laughs> anyway, Gadi... I, I, yeah, I'm beginning to feel like the Bar Mitzvah kid, you guys talking over me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Gadi, welcome, welcome, Gadi. shalom,
1: hello. Uh, Gadi, you are, uh, you're a professor at the Hebrew University which um, is the harvard yeah, of, of Israel?
2: don't insult my university please
1: and uh you are uh a very prominent he's a uh, peter he's a very prominent right-wing intellectual and uh y- 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 you you haven't really experienced israel fully until you walk down the streets of tel aviv with gadi taub because people come up to him and they say gadi I'm with you. Because Tel Aviv very liberal. So the dominant culture <laughs> is very liberal, much like well, in American they, they cities. Are they, or they say, my husband, my husband likes you.
2: <laughs> that's that's an exaggeration. But don't tell right? my because employer. Some, <laughs> no, sometimes I get shouted. It's at, not an exaggeration. I, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm, I, this is,
1: I had this experience. Yeah, but
2: it, I don't think it was whispered. And sometimes I get it shouted from like cab drivers, and because because you know the right in Israel, as elsewhere, is is. Constantly humiliated by the left that thinks I can't believe you just much came. you just told, you
1: just came on my podcast and told my audience that I don't tell them the truth
2: do you want to start over <laughs> no <laughs> no we'll just continue so'll just'm saying'll just, so, no, but, just, but saying just my, sit here
1: in the dark <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: I, I, what I'm saying is that the the right has traditionally been humiliated by the left for being stupid uneducated, and it doesn't count that the right was Continuously proven right, yeah. But but we, we all grew up with this that the right is uh, comprised of ignorance, uh, ignorant bigots. And then if someone like me moved from the left to the right, or as someone said in Aretz, Gaditam was once an intellectual, now he's on the right. <laughs> so so uh, part of the job of of of, of right wing public intellectuals, I think, is to prop up the self-respect of the right, because mm. the right in Israel is, is moderate, sensible, commonsensical, conservative. It was right about the Arab-Israeli conflict for all this time. It was right about economic policy, and yet it, 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 it is humiliated constantly. And, and the left, no matter how many times they're wrong, they're still arrogant. Yeah. Well, Gadi, let's start with the most obvious question
0: of all. Uh, when uh, Mike was in Israel and appeared live on Israel Update, you two in the flesh next to each other, he came back and told us about why he traveled to Israel. You're here in the flesh. What brought you to the U.S. and well, what have you picked up in your trip so far?
2: Well, um, it was, uh, first of all, I honestly felt I needed a relief, a little bit of uh, respite from what is uh, happening in, in, in Israel. I was going to go abroad for a conference. Uh, in Budapest on the morning of October 7th, and I got to the check-in counter and decided that to turn back. We didn't know yet exactly what was happening. It was 11 in the morning, mm-hmm. but uh, information was seeping in, and I got calls from friends, and I turned around and, and went back. And, and so that's the, that's the, the psychological thing. It's, uh, but, the, but, but other than that, I was invited to a synagogue in Texas, and then also to, uh, to, uh, to Hudson, and i thought it's it's important to speak about what's going on in israel it's important to speak to american jews because because i i think there's now a a ray of hope to explain to non-fanatic liberal jews that this administration is working against israel's vital interest and they should stop being duped by the biden administration's warm words because what they're doing is putting our lives in danger the existence of the state in danger, and so, and so perhaps there is a lever within the democratic constituency to either some convince some to not vote for for this administration, or else apply pressure on it from within uh, that would counter the pressure that comes from the squad and its uh, and its allies and the whole, you know, progressive contingent. So. This is something Mike explained to me. He said, I I wasn't aware of how ignorant the American public was or how deceived the American public was about the administration's Iran policy. And I think that now Israel and American Jews should start voicing their concern against this appeasement policy. So what kind of uh, interaction are you having with the Jewish
1: groups you're meeting with are they receptive to the what you have to say or they are they, um, are they hmm. hostile?
2: Well, it, it depends. Um, I, I also met with with a, a more conservative Jews. Who, uh, you, of, there are such people in in uh, in Texas because Texas is you know is a red state. But but the the liberal Jews. The way I went about it is analytically and as you know Mike this is not my characteristic mode of polemics <laughs> and so instead of instead of attacking I just I, I took a step back into a professor's uh, um, I, I'd say demeanor and what I try to explain is that the, there is a war of interpretations and um, and, and one narrative is trying to—the the narrative that is doing harm to Israel is trying to frame this conflict as one more chapter— in the ongoing story of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict right. and localize it. And the other interpretation, which I think is true, because as you know, I'm not a postmodernist, I think interpretations can be uh, c- compared against facts and or, or, or we can see how they fit the facts. The other interpretation, which I think is true, is that this administration is deliberately framing the conflict in this way because it does not want you to see that what is really going on is that the uh, war in Gaza is just one arena of the larger appeasement of Iran policy about which I first read from uh, in, a, in an article by you and Tony Badran called the realignment. So once once you have this key to understand what is going on, uh, and you give it to people and you and you support it with facts, you create at least the beginning of a dissonance. I don't, I don't, you know, it's very hard to convince people of opinions if they hold one to just take them to the other end. But if, but if you drive a wedge there and show the facts in a way that is not, you know, the minute I, there was, there, there were the lectures and, and, the, and there I was. And then there were the more intimate meetings. And, and I'd say that the more intimate meetings, didn't go as well because i shared the behind the scenes of my presentation and then i i met and this was extremely depressing i met with people whose hatred for the right is like the it's like the bb uh uh, BB, uh, the right in single. israel or the right in america the, the right the the, the the right in america the hatred of of trump and you know someone huffed and puffed at me at a buffet after he said you know trump said that the nazis are very fine people and i said how many times should this be fact checked and disproved before you stop be, before you stop peddling this lie, and he you know, you can see jaw tightening. He so, "Oh, you don't know what you're talking about." And <laughs> so, there's so, you know, these people are, are are not convincible. And and what struck me, these are intelligent people, you know.
1: So so just to, um they're not you, w- w- their hostility to Trump means that it translates into a desire for Biden to be more pro Israel than he is yeah. because they won't they don't want to they don't want to they don't want to give to Trump any kind of recognition for having a, an alternative policy. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah so but they so it turns So in, it they're turns imagining into, Biden. So they, they imagine Biden as something better than what he is. Yeah and
2: and and and, and the Israeli the Israeli left helps that because the Israeli left is selling to the American administration the Israel that he wants to imagine. So while Jews want to believe that Biden is pro-Israel, there's a counterpart to that, a counterbalance? No, it's a counterpart, it's the same. There's a part in Israel that that supports this this narrative by portraying a pro-peace, pro-two-state solution constituency that doesn't exist in Israel. And so, if the narrative goes that the American administration has just stepped in to help save Israel from itself, because the from right ben from ben the Veer right and, and, and Netanyahu here is be just behind Netanyahu. It's if you just remove Netanyahu, then the peace-seeking uh, Israel would re-emerge, and that is that is that is a pie in the sky. There's no. The Israel has moved drastically to the right. And, and and you won't find any support for the two-state solution. When I read
0: U.S.-Israeli relations and the history of it, there are moments like the Suez Crisis in 1956, which Mike wrote about in Ike's Gamble, his book, buy it on Amazon.com, where... That's that was translated to th- Hebrew. Or was it?
1: Yeah. Just his book? Don't, I, I don't get any adjectives before... Between his and and book? Yeah. His spectacular book, his his, enlightening book. His enlightening
0: book. Thank you. um, Where um, squabbles, border on disagreements, border on outright crises in the relationship between Jerusalem and Washington. The Yom Kippur War, where Mike wrote also a spectacular essay, I think, for Mosaic, just a few months ago. Pathbreaking, don't you think? Pathbreaking, yeah. yeah, (laughs) Pathbreaking essay. Um, Also had moments of real sharp disagreement that that lingered. When... um, we record the 2000th episode of Counterbalance 15 years from now, um, and we look back on this war, the war in Gaza. Where on that spectrum, maybe to both of you, do you think squabble, disagreement, outright crisis? Is it a speed bump? Are we careening off a cliff? Uh, will we say that this, um, that this conflict ranks? And Not to put too fine a point on it, but I'm struck when reading the mainstream press accounts of what's happening because of the disagreements between the government uh, in the U.S., and the government in Israel or Israeli society, as you point out, are out in the open. That the real concern is that we're going to lose the Arab American community for, for the president and his re election. John Finer, the deputy national security advisor, went to. Michigan and bent the knee and apologized for American conduct. There's constant discussion about uh, fears of losing the Arab world, but there's very little discussion about the potential wreckage of U.S. Israeli ties. Can you talk about that a bit,
2: um, maybe Mike as well? I, I'm 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 deeply concerned because if this administration continues after after the next election, then there I, I was convinced by Mike that they're that they are sincere about their belief that they can reach accommodation with iran and that would be at the expense of israel's existential interests so this first of all this this is this is shaping up as the worst crisis in in american israeli relationships so far and 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 since america is in very deep trouble itself and since pro-Israel sentiment and American patriotism have gone so well together as America is sinking in a cold civil war Israel can be one of the victims of that of that
1: war uh, I agree with that uh, and I think the Biden administration is going to recognize the Palestinian state uh, uh, by early summer there uh, you mentioned John Finer going to uh, to Michigan and bending the knee, and then uh, President Biden just said uh, two days ago that uh, Benjamin that the Israeli response in Gaza has been over the
0: top, um, and that he's at, speaking of path-breaking press conferences. I think that would <laughs> qualify as one. But and he,
1: he's he's at his wits' end with uh, Netanyahu. I can't oh, that's a good right, good pun. Mike. How, how, how he put how he put that uh, the. Um, uh, so there's clearly a desire to appease the progressive left on on Gaza. At the same time, the administration does want for the Israelis to win against Hamas, but they also want to defeat the Israeli right at the same time, and they're going to do that with the with the recognition of the Palestinian state. And so Biden is going to appeal to the progressives with this uh, historic achievement. Of recognizing a Palestinian state, and he'll and he'll campaign on that. It's going to be it's going to be a major part of his campaign, and it will. Uh, uh, he'll have to get it in place by the summer so they can get the squeeze all of the uh, electoral advantage that he sees in it. I don't know that there really is, but that's their calculation.
0: He wants to squeeze it all out before November. And Gadi, how would that play out amongst Israeli politics and and society if Biden, on the one hand, is perceived to be at least in pure military terms, supportive of Israel or wanting Israel to defeat Hamas. But on the other hand, recognizing a Palestinian state, would this would this destroy the right or would it actually
2: empower it? Oh, it will empower it. It will empower it considerably because the, all the alternatives are intimate with this administration, have tried to, to sell us the awful uh, maritime border deal vis-a-vis Lebanon, Uh, have argued that intimacy with the Biden administration will help change their Iran policy once we explain to them clearly enough how dangerous it is, as if they don't know what they're doing. So anyone who is connected with the Biden administration... Uh, it gets anywhere near the idea of a two-state solution will be labeled uh, a pariah in, in in Israeli politics. Note that now it, there's the Biden administration is drawing uh, in uh, optimism from the fact that Netanyahu is, has sunk in the polls considerably. The polls are misleading, and I think he's recuperating. But there, there, there picture is that he is sinking in the polls, and Benny Gantz is rising. And Benny Gantz they know is a traditional supporter of the two state solution. So the way they look at it is, oh he, 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 the balance is changing. Mm-hmm. People see the opportunity. This is not at all the picture because Benny Gantz has been avoiding any question about a Palestinian He's state. He's not going to like that but, move in the plague.
1: Like the plague, <laughs> okay. like the plague. Because- let me just, uh, sorry to interrupt, but let me just for everybody, uh, just in case some people aren't familiar with who Benny Gantz is. Uh, Benny Gantz is a former um, uh, IDF chief of staff, so he's he's, he's a general, but he's uh, he's a, a head of um, of a major opposition party who joined the coalition, uh, the national unity government during uh, after uh, uh, after October seventh. He is a rival of Netanyahu, but he is now a minister in the in in the government during the war. He benefits uh, – what Gotti is saying is that he he benefits personally from the fact that he was not in office. He was in opposition on October 7th. So October 7th has tarnished the reputation of everyone who was actually in power on October 7th. Gantz wasn't in power, and Gantz has been very good uh, at um, – in terms at of his public expressions.
2: ambiguity, as uh, Kissinger uh, uh, called
1: uh, it. He, well, he – he uh being ambiguous in his statements about what he wants but also making sure to put the emphasis in all of his statements on national unity in yeah. time of war so the popular feeling that we all we need to unify right now it um it it coalesces behind god so that's really important this. but
0: it's also a banality of sorts
2: right but but but, but, right? I, but, I, mean, I, but it's I must mention
1: too cuz the pop because the because as, right. as Gotti saying the 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 public opinion moved to the right in general, but the immediate beneficiary of the public, of the desire for unity is Gantz. So it's kind of a paradox.
2: But but Gantz is also constantly inciting against Netanyahu. So Gantz's usual line is, uh, is uh, we should preserve our unity and Benjamin Netanyahu should stop inciting against the Against the left, so he and Benjamin Netanyahu is the most mamlahti Help me with that term. Statist, I guess. He, and no, and not and
1: exactly. He's the most establishmentarian. There's, there's no word in. Yeah,
2: it. but but it's a combination of responsible adult and small r Republican, and so Netanyahu is the, the the last person that is really inciting against anyone. But the but the minute he says anything critical about anyone, it's called incitement, and they can incite against Netanyahu. As much as they want, so Gans is playing both sides of the issue. The minute he chooses them, the balloon will explode, and he will, and 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 he may 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 fall steeply in the pulse. But by panicking and rushing towards recognition, isn't
0: it um, encouraging um, the Palestinians to sort of set out maximalist terms themselves? And it's encouraging. Uh, Netanyahu to come out with categorical statements as well. I would imagine. I mean, this is this is maybe something that allows Biden to solve his domestic political conundrum heading into November, but it's strategically obtuse, is it not? As a layman well, following uh, Israel, that's my ther- theory
2: of the case. But-
0: I, I have, uh, but Gadi should answer this.
2: Um, I I don't know. Uh, I I the, I think all these. Uh, I think that that the fact that. Israel has moved to the right so decisively is, is going to be the determinant fact. And that the idea that there is some a moderate peace-seeking two-statist constituency was ridiculous before October 7. It is preposterous after October 7. Um, I don't think it has any chance at all. So anyone riding that, that bandwagon is going to crash against the, the 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 will of the majority that that hasn't even begun to coalesce because if you look at what's going on in the in the cabinet and the reason that Netanyahu is again uh recuperating or or regaining some of his popularity is because Netanyahu was the one Every press conference, he said, we are going to pursue this war to the end. We're going to crush them. We haven't changed our course. And and and, and he, he walked a, a middle line all the time because there was American pressure. Everyone felt it. So he would say, America is a great friend and ally. We have our differences, but we iron them out. And he kept Returning to that refrain until in his last visit to the region, Blinken said, don't invade Rafah. And Netanyahu said, oh, we are going to invade Rafah because it's necessary for winning the war. But he has support. Blinken, I mean, has support among the IDF brass. And, and and in his last visit i think this is becoming israelis you know there, there were anti kissinger demonstrations back in 73 4 mm. and 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 i think we're going to see that against lincoln because people because because lincoln last time asked to talk to the right i saw that the idf chief of staff in israelis one said, on one yeah what who, how, <laughs> this <laughs> is they they think we're a vassal state and they can just run the idf For us, because the Democratic Party has its fingers deep in the the military establishment in Israel through think tanks. All the generals then become fellows uh, through the Pentagon itself, but but also through, uh, you know, American financing of think tanks and 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 the 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 people of October 6th are now uh, employed by American finance think tanks to. Try and persuade us that we should go for a two-state solution. So the ideas that failed on October seventh are now rehashed uh, by with American help, and this doesn't go well with the with the Israeli public.
1: the uh, The interesting thing about the I'm going back to Peter's question about is this strategically obtuse. Um, I, I I think it is a strategy. It's important to recognize it is a strategy, and it's a coherent strategy. But the goal—if you think that the goal is to weaken Iran, then then you then that's that's um, it's obtuse. But the goal is not to weaken Iran. The goal is to defeat Hamas in Gaza and to defeat the Israeli right simultaneously. And that if the United States recognizes, it will. I think the Biden administration will recognize the Palestinian state. I think they're moving on that. Uh, I'll be, uh, I'll be very surprised if they don't, uh, because this that, is- f- that
2: for Israelis, we have just now gotten decisive proof that Palestinians, Palestinian recalcitrance, am I pronouncing that yeah. word pa- Palestinian recalcitrance was not a coincidence. It is they. It's not because we didn't have good enough offers. It's because. Their national goal is to destroy Israel. And we just now saw fanatical, murderous, sadistic jihad. And after that, you think Israelis will agree to have a Hamastan placed over Tel Aviv on the mountain ridge of Judea and Samaria, overlooking the beach where Israel is nine miles wide and has all its main assets, strategic, military, economic, demographic in this Strip and now, so, so if you think that, that leftists are going to agree to live five minutes from Kalkilia and 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 have the uh, Palestinian police, which is a which is an army by now, uh. Ten minutes away after they praise and see as role models the uh, the the terrorists of October seven, then you, then yeah, you you're, you're making a miscalculation. Forgetting,
1: you're forgetting that it's going to be a revitalized.
2: It will be revitalized, reformed, reformed too. I think. Yeah, the,
1: reformed and revitalized, and they're going to do it in, in like four months.
2: Yeah, but the more vital they are, the more worried they are. That's a, <laughs> the more worried you are. Yeah, but, but and and it's amazing to us that the the Biden administration thinks that it can insert a word. And it will. Mike, do, do they actually think that they will find a Palestinian partner for peace, or is this just a move against Netanyahu? No, they've got it. They've got a revitalized Palestinian. They, they Authority. have
1: no. They have. There's there's something in this for everyone. Obviously, this is a huge benefit to the Palestinian Authority. They're going to package it uh, simultaneously as recognition of a Palestinian state and as a pathway to a two-state solution. So. The United States will recognize the Palestinian state, but it won't. Uh, it won't uh, decide where the borders are. That should be done in negotiations with the yeah. with the Israelis. But uh, but uh, so basically, what they're going to do is they're going to take the reality as it exists right now, and 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 put a new name on it, which is instead of instead mm-hmm. of, instead of Palestinian Authority, it's Palestinian state, and that. But that will that will that will reward. Uh, Abu Mazen and and and, uh, and his cohort significantly because they will now have the status internationally of a state, and they'll have they'll have a position in the, in the uh, you know the, the half the world will, more than half the world will come and recognize them, and you'll have they'll they'll have a, a position in the United Nations, and they'll have a position within international institutions to to. Um, to attack you, and they will have, um, they will have uh, the if 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 Biden is reelected, they'll have the United States Treasury designating uh, designating Israelis all 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 across the West and, Bank.
2: And this is why I think that the what Israel should do to preempt that is begin to embarrass the Biden administration. Domestically and internationally, I think there is no more anything to gain by papering over the, the this friction. Well, you have to win the war,
1: and uh, they, you they're, they're, yeah, there's, yeah. there's still a dependence on the United States. Uh,
2: of course, but 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 remember that there is there is also a limit to the that uh, an administration in an election year can pressure Israel without beginning to lose steam I, here. The, um, the-
0: it's like Ukraine, though, where just a quick parenthetical, where uh, Zelensky's put be- between a choice more weapons or a NATO invitation. And if, he's, if that choice is actually put to him, he's always going to choose the weapons because he needs the weapons essentially yeah. to survive. I mean, that's a bit crude and reductionist, but that is, in a way, uh, in a way what I think is 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 uh, is you know, looming over his head. And I, I don't, as long as Israel has to run these operations, well, I don't see it. Can you unpack
1: that? Sorry, Ghani, uh, Can you unpack um, that, uh, the choice that, uh, that Zelensky, Zelensky, Zelensky has?
0: Well, uh, just to put it very quickly, without getting off on a digression, the Ukrainians badly want an invitation to NATO and whatever form it takes an in imi- invitation to membership. Well, that, ideally, they'd like to join tomorrow. They'd like
1: a, path, a pathway to membership. They'd like
0: a pathway to two-state—I mean a pathway to mm-hmm. membership, exactly, yeah. uh-huh. in NATO. And um, leading up to the Vilnius Summit, which was the last NATO summit, there was a big public dispute when Zelensky, frustrated by the state of the communique negotiations, went public with his uh, disagreement with the Biden administration basically scuttling the goodwill that the Biden team was trying to show at Vilnius. Um, and so this was last summer, you know, this is supposed to be a Biden administration triumph. You've, you know, lost in Afghanistan, you're struggling um, uh, elsewhere in the world, but at least you have, you have NATO solidarity around Ukraine. And so leading into this summit, which will be this summer in Washington, the 75th anniversary of NATO an important importance, um, they'll want to make it a celebration of sorts, even though it shouldn't be that, which again, I'll leave for another time. I think we should be more present and forward-looking. The um, uh, the White House would like to lock down communique language much earlier, which I think is delusional because it will be negotiated up to the final moment. But they want to avoid all of the embarrassment that took place last time. Um, at the same time, parallel to this, there's this debate about weapons going to the Ukrainians. And I think while we know, um, we don't know whether or not the congressional package will pass. But if it does... Um, there's a lot of discretion there for the administration on what type of systems and how to supply uh, the Ukrainians. And so if the Americans are putting pressure on the hawkish Europeans and on um, the Ukrainians regarding don't upend the ship around the NATO summit and invitation, and at the same time deciding over the pace and scope of weapons deliveries to the Ukrainians, there's leverage there for sure. And, um, And... um, i don't know if there's israel another, is the right parallel but that's what popped into there, my mind a, when i thought there, about there's,
1: it there's another there's another thing that the the american the americans have lots of ways of putting pressure on the israelis and another one is to not
0: support israel in the united nations
2: yeah that's that's but a very all big this is setting liberty. up to
0: my opening question i mean this this strikes me as far worse than 56 or yeah. 73 or any other crisis And we're not discussing this at all. The entire public debate is about is MBS gonna be okay? Are we are, is the Biden team gonna lose Arab voters in the meanwhile our major strategic air aircraft carrier, this this unsinkable aircraft carrier in the in the Eastern Mediterranean it, is, being downgraded is being downgraded in, in, in front into, of our eyes. Yeah, in front it's of being, our It's eyes. being turned into a tugboat. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, got I cut you off.
2: No, no. Uh I I just wanted to say that that, uh, that Israel has been in conflict with the United States and with the international community in far more dire situations. So while this is probably the worst conflict with America, we fought the War of Independence under a weapons embargo, which America participated in. And then there was the aftermath of the Suez when Ben-Gurion had to withstand pressure from both superpowers at the time and um, and I think that Israelis now are bracing themselves for things far worse than a Gaza conflict and, and I think that though our leadership is not yet ready for anything like that, the Israeli public understands fully that, that this is a war of survival and that we are going to have to make great sacrifices and that that you, you know the, the we I, I can't say that i know what the actual alternatives in te- in in technical terms of uh, where to get the weapons and uh, and and their quantities are but there's on the one hand there's the 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 spirit of sacrifice and on the other hand we we have examples of our statesmen that understood that being in alliance with someone far stronger than yourself does not mean that you are a vassal state and that a small ally can also threaten to cause great difficulties for for a superpower. So just to give an example, the American fear is that Israel would drag it into a war. That is not a possibility completely outside the realm of, uh, of, of reason. It, it can happen, and, it, and a desperate Israel can also be dangerous. So, so there's there's a limit to how much and where we can be pushed when we understand that danger is existential. And you lose, uh, as the
0: United States, strategic input on helping shape Israeli thinking if you're not prepared to back Israel. And to your point, a a desperate Israel pushed into the corner will behave as it sees fits without taking counsel from Washington, which is not exactly, I think, the position we want to be in. But since I think you alluded um, to something I want to ask about, let, let 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 me connect our conversation to date to what I'd like to ask next. If the U.S. does, as Mike suggests, and recognizes a Palestinian state, that is almost under any reading an enormous propaganda victory for Tehran. They're the ones that have instigated this escalation dynamic, and they've essentially pushed the U.S. And, and forced it into taking a decision, which everyone will connect with the Iranian pressure campaign. I had lunch this week with a very senior European...
2: Will that be so? Will the American public connect it with the Iranian pressure? No, I'm thinking I mean, more of... The Middle Easterners. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. thinking more of the ah. region.
0: But I, I, had, um, I had lunch this week with a very senior European who is no longer in government, but now is um, a, running a major organization in Europe. And he, over lunch... Uh, was saying to me if I was the biden administration i would just put so much pressure on netanyahu now because if he stops this war then everything goes away the houthi rocketing of ships in the in the in the red sea the the hezbollah um, emptying out northern israel through its rocket attacks um point of fact aren't we i mean i would take the opposite view feeding a monster to where the situation grows even more dangerous and more tense because the Iranians are empowered. They can see that if they only press enough, the U.S. will back down. Um, which way will it more likely tilt? Will it more be that we get a brief, I suppose, respite and eventually it escalates, or can we get a permanent stability out of this? I think everyone knows where this is going, but I, I think it's worth asking because we haven't discussed Lebanon yet and the in the in the north.
2: Uh, I I don't know that I that I that I have a good answer. Um, the the ability to, to play brinkmanship um, in Israel is, depend, the ability of statesmen to play brinkmanship depends on the extent of desperation. And since the Biden administration is increasingly pushing us to places where we think we are in existential danger, the greater the mo- motivation would be for statesmen to to uh, to play desperate cards, um, how how that how that turns out, I don't know. It's a, but once you think that someone is pushing you to the brink of extinction, extinction, you will okay. take a a 30 a, a percent gamble uh, if you think that your chances are much less if you acquiesce to what the Biden administration is doing. And if we lose this war, it will be clear to us that our blood remained in the water for the larger sharks to smell, because Hamas is the smallest of our of our enemies. So without um, supposing that the war is limited to the south, um, I think we can we have a longer breathing space because we can maintain the war. In low intensity and uh, begin manufacturing our own ammunition in the long run. So if it stays there, we, we have we maybe have more uh, m- more leverage <clears throat> for the way it looks now. Hezbollah is not does not have an appetite to to go to a full scale war. Uh, if they go to a full scale uh, war, um, I I don't think they have the offensive capability of destroying Israel. They have the capability to causing to cause us great pain and 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 huge losses, but they they cannot destroy Israel and Israel can cause in, immense damage to, to Hezbollah in Lebanon. So so it's not that although the situation is extremely critical, I don't think we've I don't think we've pulled all all the tools that we have at our disposal, because we're not in total war for now.
1: The, uh, there's there is a a, a kind of uh, un- law of unintended consequences that I think will will come into play um, once it, once they move toward recognizing a, a Palestinian state. Because all the things that Gadi said, that all the sharks in the region will smell blood. Um, and that actually makes a war between Israel and, and, and Hezbollah more likely rather than, than, than less. I don't know when, at what point, because Israel is going to realize that the, all of the enemies of, of Israel are going to see that the United States is actually helping them advance their position. Uh, and, and Israel is going to realize that it, it has to deter its enemies and it has to do it alone because the United States won't help them. Um, so uh, I don't know at what point this, uh, w- at what point the Americans start to realize that when they when they push over here they get a reaction over here that they weren't that, uh, that they weren't expecting. They may may also get reactions on, on the West Bank that they don't that they don't expect because the Israelis, if this thing is going to be a state, uh, if if there's going to be a state in the West Bank, as Gadi says, you know, nine miles from the Mediterranean. Um, that is going to be prosecuting um, uh, the conflict with uh, with Israel through international institutions um, and with the aid of allies. Then, then, uh, then it's going to es- Then the tensions between that state and Israel are going to escalate very quickly, and the, and the Israelis are going to start looking at what do we have to do to secure our uh, to secure our border. With this with this enemy state uh, with this enemy state and Lord. you know
2: my it, it can it, Israel can very simply just step in and dismantle the Palestinian Authority uh, it can do that theoretically that's what I'm heading toward See, yeah. yeah I, so, I, I don't so know how, go, I don't know
1: how aggressively it, they want they're gonna they're gonna push it but they're gonna move in that direction because it they're, because they're, it, it's intolerable that 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 uh, that Abu Mazen gets all of these rewards. For, without without actually making peace, when we in the Bush administration thought of the two-state solution, we thought l- let's take cool, care of the cool, final cool. stat. Yeah, yeah. Let's get the final status questions. Um, uh, I, I I don't think I never believed we were gonna get the final status questions ironed out. But those among those people in the Bush administrations who who did believe that a two-state solution was possible and maybe even imminent. The, the there was a sequencing. You take care of the final status questions first. If you leave all those hanging and you elevate the the the, the Palestinian authority to a uh, to, to a state, you're just you're making all of those questions more difficult rather than rather than less difficult.
0: Not to mention the closest thing to a state the Palestinians have is Gaza. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I mean, and isn't I, isn't a state entitled to 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 to, to possess? A military, a police force, all the rest. I mean, how is this going to work? I don't understand no, any of this.
1: No, no, it's not. The, 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 you, you have to understand it's 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 ninety 90%, percent. It's ninety percent a, do, a domestic. Uh, it's right. it's two things. It's it's I, I'd say seventy five percent a uh, a uh, domestic political strategy, with the with the with the progressives. It's twenty five percent the. Um, uh the acting out of a uh, of a fantasy that the that the democratic party has had for a long time i, I don't think you have this enough
2: percentage left for the uh, desire to topple netanyahu Oh, that's the fantasy part oh, yeah okay.
1: yeah you're probably right it's probably like 50-50 actually 50-50 the electoral strategy but 50-50 the fantasy of the they want to this is Remember, U.N. Resolution two three three four, which uh, I think that's the one, uh, uh, the number. Yeah, the the, 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 the last the Obama. Obama's, Obama's kick to the Israelis as he was leaving the as he was leaving office, followed by a speech by John Kerry about the Kerry parameters, the the what's called the Kerry parameters. He he had his vision of what a, a two state solution would look like. They are they are the trump administ the trump administration was an interlude they are going back to 2334
2: fair enough and, but- and and also Peter, if I, if I might interject i think that this is also an attempt to, the the abraham accords were a, a an anti-iranian coalition which was backed by the united states right and and it 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 came about because they bypassed the fa- Palestinian veto. Bringing back the Palestinians to the middle of the stage is like throwing a bowling ball at the Sunni-Israeli coalition against Iran to dissolve it. So it, it also has strategic meaning within the, the, the region in realigning the coalitions, this the, is a, the, the alliances.
0: And, and. I don't know if it means realignment in the domestic political sense as well but you know I have friends who are who are died in the wool democratic party liberals they're not progressive necessarily they're I told liberals. you you,
1: gotta, you can't trust Peter
0: and and, travels and in very and suspicious sa- circles and at the same time they are they are very pro Israel you know they are they are they are they are proud Jews and um they're going to be put before a very tough choice because yeah. they're going to have, on the one hand, their their their, their, their 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 absolute connection to Israel, which matters so much to them, and yet their, their belief in the Democratic Party, at the same time that Trump uh, is potentially is, the Biden alternative, is, that's going to be hard for them.
1: Biden is snowing them, and he's snowing the Israelis, and he's doing it by means of normalization with Saudi Arabia. So, in in this package of the, the recognizing a Palestinian state, there's something for Saudi Arabia, which is a defense uh, um, uh, a defense agreement with the United States, a defense alliance, and the the Saudis are the so the Abraham Accords, as understood by Trump, was the nucleus of a, a, of an anti-Iran coalition. The Biden administration came in, was a totally against the Abraham Accords and, and wouldn't even say the words, and then they got ridiculed for that, and they look silly in the eyes of people like your friends who say, you know, isn't making peace between Arabs and Israelis a good thing? So now they found a way, they found a way to put Abraham, make Abraham, of course, instead of it being the nucleus of an anti-Iran coalition, now it's the vehicle for resurrecting... It's the midwife the,
0: of a Palestinian state. Uh, the
1: midwife of the Palestinian state. And, but, but it still gets read, normalization with Saudi Arabia gets read in pro-Israel circles... As coalition against Iran, in in the context of the Biden administration, it is not that. But the
2: house This of, is what they did from the, from day one, because the, with their attitude toward the Abraham Accords was, let's bring in the Palestinians on these accords, and, and, and that means dismantling them or and, dissolving them.
1: And the. the uh, uh, even uh, even uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu is in favor of the normalization with Saudi Arabia. I mean that's, he sees that as part of his legacy, I gather. So he was pushing that. I don't know where he is on it now. Uh, he, he, he was pushing that, all of the um, uh, uh, a, a big chunk of all the anti-Netanyahu people in Nahum Bornea, Ben Kasfit, and so on. they're saying, Biden wants a coalition against Iran. The price is we have to accept the two-state solution. Let's do that, and then we'll work with Biden against but, Iran yeah. and Saudi Arabia. But is
0: that enough? I mean, is that is that sugar enough for Israel to swallow the bitter medicine that the Biden team is trying to, trying to feed them? Or are we going to hear howls of protest, which will shape, you know those friends I'm I'm describing that are uh, liberals and and uh, and at the same time pro Israel. They will they will hear normalization from the Biden team, but if there are howls of protests coming from Jerusalem and Tel Aviv, that will that will make them think twice. I mean, which, which is it going to be? Are they going to pacify Israel with
2: this or no? No, the, uh, all this will be in the shadow of, a rec, of rec, recognizing a Palestinian state is it's such everything. an anti-Israeli move that all the rest of it. Uh, is going to be is going to be looked at as, as sideshows in my opinion
1: interesting well it's going to be an interesting year huh yeah we can uh, we can at least can we agree on that
2: yeah i learned that there is actually no chinese saying that we wish you an interesting year as a form of uh uh, swearing,
1: oh, I like that. Uh, I love those things. When, when but, we but the Chinese re- don't say it, but yeah. but
2: it's but it's a nice thing. The people who wish you an interesting year. Uh, I, I'll say it this way: we are not bored in the Middle East without adding any new interests. How do you say? How
1: do you say um, uh, thumb drive in Hebrew? Diskonkey. Diskonkey. Do you know why? It, so no one in the world except Israelis. Call a thumb drive a disk on key. So why do the Israelis use an English phrase for uh, that that no English speaker uses?
2: My initial guess was that Israelis invented it and yes. they invented it with a Briti- with a with a, uh, an English term in order to sell it. Exactly then, right. Yeah. Exactly right. right. Oh, yeah. See.
1: And so and the, and so the 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 English phrase continues to be the Israeli phrase, but no English person uses
0: it. <laughs> wow. God, he's showing off the intellectual and the public intellectual there I could guess <laughs>
2: um, I think uh, no, I was showing off the startup nation I love yeah, that I big. love that
1: though I love when I love when uh, I love when countries adopt yeah foreign words for things that the foreigners don't use
2: right at the, don't you do you know the term at the best chill at the best? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's the best, but it's the the best of the the best. It's with with the English they so, and then you add the Hebrew alter the Hebrew version of "the," so it's had the best. should had the best. <laughs> All right, for more of the spanter
0: Israel update uh, is the podcast Mike and Gadi uh, have. But uh, thanks for coming on Counterbalance, and I've really enjoyed this and learned a lot.
2: It was a pleasure. Thanks for thanks. having me.
0: thanks for listening to this edition of counterbalance we're back in action please like and subscribe if you enjoyed today's conversation and we will see you soon at a podcast near you